You're listening to Body of Work, and I'm Hannah Mooney, here to bring you stories of movers and shakers in the sports, fitness, health, and food industries who are known for their bodies. Each episode is a chance to dive into the backgrounds of my guests to discuss how their views on their bodies, athleticism, self-esteem, and more have shaped the person they are today. Many of these stories are those of success, but we don't only focus on the bodies they have. More importantly, we focus on what made them. What was the work it took to get there? And what was the mindset to stay great? Motivation matters most. And so what motivates the people we admire most to stick with the things that make them great? Well, find out here. None of my guests just have a body. They put in the work for all of it. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. We've got Kate Grace on the line today. Hey, Kate, how's it going? Hey, Hannah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. It's really nice to have you um, in the midst of everything that's going on right now. This kind of virtual touch base uh, feels a little more normal than it otherwise would. So um, how are you faring right now? I'm doing pretty well. I just went out for, got a little walk, coming back in from a walk. So I got some fresh air today. <laughs> we were saying it's about, I think we're almost at four weeks of like pretty self-quarantined. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's bizarre. Are you in Portland right now? Yeah, I'm currently in Portland. Uh, living, I live in Northwest Portland. Nice. So just for a background for anyone that's listening, Kate is an American track and field athlete, um, a middle distance runner by trade, and not to mention a multiple time Team USA member. Participated in 2016 Rio Olympics, correct? Yes. And then was training for 2020, which is in Tokyo and is no longer. So that's been pushed to 2021. Correct. So how, when you found out that news, can you just briefly tell me how you felt? Um, I was, I mean, it was, it was hard. It was hard to take. It's funny. We were, I think we were talking about this. I posted an Instagram about how I was really upset when I first, I kind of woke up that morning, um, and like, I don't know, a few minutes after waking up, looked at my phone. Um, and basically as soon as I read, um, as soon as I read the news, I just like started crying, um, immediately. And basically, um, was on and off crying all day. (laughs) Uh, uh, I have now been joking a little bit with teammates and friends that one good way, if you ever want to get rid of a lot of emotional baggage is just to to cry for 12 hours. Um, because yeah, I had a pretty intense emotional reaction in, in the beginning and yet like, I feel like I've since kind of come through that and much more level headed, um, Partly, I think, because it's just so clear that it's 100% the right decision. Um, But it was still a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, in terms of all the work that you did to get to this point, can you tell me exactly what you were training for at the time and what kind of got put on hold once you found out that news? Yeah, so we... Um, I made the team in the 800 in 2016 and I was training for the upcoming Olympic trials, which is when they, um, pick the next team. So that's going to be the the trials were going to be at the end of June. And I just come off my indoor season. I had set some personal bests, um, in January and February. So that's always good. It's like always a good thing to set personal bests and, um, kind of lead you 
just a good indication that you're in good shape and good fitness moving forward. And so I just been kind of through the phase of looking at the calendar and making my plans. There's kind of 16 weeks until the Olympic trials. And I spread those out into four blocks of four weeks. Um, and yeah, it, it's just interesting. It's funny. Like, I mean, like all of us, you have your plans and you're planning races and then, um, suddenly it's like, wow, everything just gets wiped clean. Uh, and I think personally for, I mean, again, I think a lot of athletes can relate to this is when you're training for a long time for something for us, we have world championships and different high level races every year, but the Olympics are definitely the peak, right? So if we think of like 2016 was kind of like a peak in my career before that, I've had a lot, I've had a few years now of building. I, I was with a new coach. This is my first time with Bowerman Track Club um, going to trying out for the Olympics. Um, and so there's a lot, I think this is my third year now with the, with the team, with my coach. And there's just a lot, I was excited to kind of show how I'd improved and show all the different ways that I had been working behind the scenes. And it just, just, I think even more so than the Olympics being canceled or postponed is just like the idea that you kind of don't get a chance to show off what all your hard work, you know, and that's not necessarily true. And obviously there will be other chances to do that, but that initial hit is like, Oh man, I just, I love being able to show that off and like, and also see for myself how I've improved. Yeah. So in like that feeling must have been so like gut wrenching at first, but now that you've had a little bit of space away from it, do you feel like your workouts kind of mentally, like, are you still in the same place that you were, even though you know that that news is like a reality, are you still able to train the same way? I took a little bit of like a mental break. I think just the way that I, I think it's interesting. Everyone has a different way of dealing with it. Right. And I, I, at first it was hard for me because I think I was seeing so many people just being so positive online, which I think is one way of dealing and just trying to be an example. You're being a good example of someone who's just dealing with adversity. Right. But, um, I was like, Oh man, am I going crazy? Like I'm having such a negative reaction to this. Uh, and then I saw some people kind of come out. I read an article with Simone Biles about how, um, the gymnast who, about how she like basically just broke down crying in the gym when she heard. Um, and so it's, it was like, kind of comforting to see that there were other high level, there were high level people who were having similar combinations of this like grieving process, um, grieving that your goal as you saw it isn't going to happen. And then also coming around to saying, okay, like, how is it going to, how is it going to work? I think for me, um, it was a little bit different. Oh, I mean, everyone's different, but I definitely, this would be my third time. Like, I I have now been a pro athlete for eight years and I was looking toward and looking forward to also um, one point in the not too distant future, like retiring and changing careers. And so I think that was a different, another added uh, just kind of complication to the whole thing. It's like, okay, what does that, what does this mean for like my longer term plan? Now, Eugene, the world championships are now pushed out for two years. Um, do I go for two more years and how does that work into my life plan? And I think that's all, there's just so much for me to like figure out. And I think what I've come to is one, you can't really make any plans at this point in time because there's so many unknowns. So just try to really stay in the moment. Um, and to like give myself a little bit of space just to, if I am kind of reeling and 
emotionally charged, that my workouts are not right now, not quite as they're just not quite as good, basically. Um, like, uh, it's just because so much has changed and, and it's not the same schedule, right? Our workouts that are peaked for a certain time. And now that the time is pushed back on the, on the positive side, like you you have more time to get a base in. And also just because last week was so stressful, uh, it's like you kind of can only have so much stress in your life at one time, right? So it's trying to be okay that, if I don't feel up to having like my hardest effort workouts, that that's okay at this moment in time. Yeah. So like what you're saying is like, you're not going to drive yourself into the ground. You only have so much that you can give right now. And like, if it's not going towards the thing that like, you're going to be there in like three months, (laughs) four months. Yeah, exactly. So it's a very different, it's a very different workout plan to be like, okay, we're literally starting our final peak for the Olympics. Like this is this, we're all in like, I'm, I mean, everything from, yeah, like getting pretty strict on nutrition to sleep to all the different things. Like you're going, this is your, when you're starting your three month countdown, it's like, you're getting real. And now it's like, nope, never mind. We're kind of, let's, that's all scrapped. But then I think the positive is, Again, more opportunity for base work, for some strength work, for some more um, strength work, just meaning like kind of longer workouts, maybe more um, at like threshold type heart rate. Um, also, for me, it's like, okay, trying to look at what are the different opportunities here. I'm always looking to get stronger. Right now, I just started Pilates as a trying to work on my deep core muscles. I now like have more time to make myself stronger in that area. Whereas before it might've felt more like I was rushing. Um, I'm trying to things like that, that I'm focusing on, okay, how are, can these systems improve? Whereas before they were just, I was just kind of squeaking by. Got it. So you were really just sticking to like, this is how I go to the Olympics. These are the things that you do versus like, it's almost like, I mean, and I've never been in your situation, so I'm not even going to pretend to know, but like mm-hmm. getting that time, it's almost like you get like extra credit and it sounds, sounds terrible because it's at the expense of not getting something that at the time that you thought that you were going to get it. But it's almost like, oh my gosh, how much better of an athlete are you going to be? You just yeah. like, don't even know. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that's, that's what I'm thinking for the workouts, for the core work for lifting. There's so many different things. It's like, okay, I, I was pretty dialed in so I can continue to be pretty dialed in and now I can just add a little bit more. Um, I think the initial fear is where it's just like, or the initial, initial part of the initial letdown, I think is just the idea that uh, there's also this element that a lot of things have to go right for you to be ready to like make a build up, right? Like you have to be pretty lucky and be pretty good about staying healthy, not being injured, blah, 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 especially as you get older. And so I think for me, my initial gut wrench was like, Oh my God, I had, like I had made it this far. Like I was doing, like I was healthy. It was all these different things that literally feel like it's a battle just to get there, to, to be in the position to train for, like your ultimate goal. And then it's like, Oh no. Okay. Now I have to do this all again. <laughs> um, like uh, just cause it, t- again, it's, it's stressful, right? Y- y- it's scary. You, you'd want to, you're, when you're an elite athlete, you're always on the edge of going over, of getting injured, of getting sick, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think again, there are a lot of things are hard and it's okay. You also take on that challenge. Okay. I, I did it once I, or multiple times I've, 
I, I'll do it again for next year. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of like the mental piece of like, okay, I thought I stayed in it and I felt like, oh my gosh, we're so close. And then it's like, oh my God, we have to do this all over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. The, the only, I'm trying to think of a way if like I could relate to that since obviously I've not gone to the Olympics, but I've the Monday before, well, okay. So two Mondays before my marathon, I went on a shakeout run to start my, like, my true taper, like I had come off of my 20 mile long run and spent the next week, like tapering down to 15 and went to just go run like 30 minutes outdoors. And it was beautiful and it was so warm. And Washington DC is where I live most Mm -hmm. of the time when I'm not quarantined in Florida. But when I was there, it was like impossible to get a 60 degree day in February. And we got one and I went out and little rock got kind of underneath my shoe and I just wiped out and like blew my ankle. Ugh. And I had gone from not running at all. Like, I mean, like very, very quickly from one side of a court to another or like in a workout doing sprints, but yeah. never like you would not have found me doing more than a mile or two as a warm up um, ever in my life. So going from not running at all to running you know, an easy 30 minute shakeout two weeks before my marathon, like rolling my ankle, which I've done a million times playing Mm -hmm. softball. I thought, Oh my God, I went four and a half months, not getting injured as a brand new runner training for a marathon. And I mess up my ankle two weeks before on some stupid shakeout run. And that was kind of like, Oh my gosh, I made it so far. And it wasn't that I was like sad or thought I couldn't do it. It was just like, what if I did all this work, which is four and a half months of work, not three years. And it's not like they're even the same in terms of a comparison, but that like crippling anxiety of, oh my gosh, could all of this go to shit right now was, I've never had a feeling like that, but I also have never like taken pride in a process the way I have. So Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what that would feel like. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think if anything, a lot of people are, you're right, there's different levels of it, and not everyone's going to the Olympics or trying out for the trials, but the lot, a lot of people, I mean, there are marathons that have been pushed back, there are college seasons that have been canceled. I mean, in a weird way, there. I think that's another reason why after my initial, like, very intense kind of sad reaction, I felt like I processed it pretty quick. And I think part of it is because a lot of people are feeling similar right now. Um, and so there's almost like we can kind of all relate to that feeling of suddenly not being able to get the chance to, or, or having, having done the training and then not be able to realize it necessarily at, at the time that you want it. And, and we will be able to eventually And the marathons are happening in the fall, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. interesting. How do you feel like in terms of like looking forward, like knowing how you've processed kind of the mental side of your training um, previously to this like completely wacko situation that we're in right now how Mm -hmm. do you feel like you'll come out on the other side in terms of like your mentality like what do you see this doing to your training long term um it's interesting I think one of the things 
I mean, it definitely was insightful. The fact that I got so upset, I think sometimes I was kind of, even before this, like questioning the idea of um, how much do I care about this? How much do I want this? And the idea that like I was so like just devastated um, in a way is, was I find that almost empowering kind of because like, okay, I actually really wanted this. Like that's, there's, I won't, I would no, I will no longer question the, whether or not I um, want this big goal or what, right. Um, so that was kind of, I guess a cool insight because I think usually I, I usually keep my cards kind of close to hand almost so much so that I, or whatever the phrase is. Um, but I like almost so much so that I, I don't always know. Okay. Like, do I actually, am I actually going to be, like the one that wants this the most, you know, they always say with athletes, like you need to, you need to be the one that, 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 that wants it the most when you're going into a race or going into a game. Um, so in a way like, okay, I, it's, it's a nice reminder that I had that, that I had that emotional reaction. Um, I think other than that, just like you're saying, just, I think what we're all talking about right now is just, okay, we need to remind ourselves why we do this and that we, and the love of the process. And I think running, if anything has been such an incredible outlet during the shelter in place uh, regulations, it's like a reminder, like, Oh, I do love being able to get out and run and have my body and feel that, uh, and work hard. Um, cause then, I mean, they, that's literally what they say. And like, what, I promised my coach when I started this journey, like you can, something's can always happen. You, you could get sick or like you said, you could roll your ankle like the day before your race, like so many things could happen. You, in the end, you need to do something because you love it. Even if the end, even if you don't get the end result. And this is definitely, I think a good, um, just test of that. Like, okay, is it, is it still worth it? Um, yeah. I love that. It's like doing something's better than doing nothing. Right. <laughs> um, and I think it's, I think it's really interesting having the opportunity to like move and mm-hmm. how almost everything has been taken away from us, you know, like for, for good reason, um, except recreation. And like, they know that if you stay far enough apart, you're okay. And that was like going into this whole thing. I was like, if they took that away, I think that I would be in a completely different spot. But like, as an, I don't know, as an athlete deep down, I would imagine that you're like, you can't take this from me. And so it, yeah, the rest of your life is like in upheaval, but like the thing that makes you proud and the thing that you like, obviously had a huge emotional reaction to, like you still get to do just not on the stage you wanted to do it on. Yeah, no, just, I love that. You're right. Yeah, and I think this is, in a way, you're, you are seeing, there are so many things you see that, that cannot be taken from us, and I think human connection or uh, music or, yeah, athletics, that stuff, you can't regulate that stuff out of someone's life. Yeah, so interesting question to follow up to that is, do you, have you noticed, like, we're kind of going back to basics, right? Like, mm-hmm. Eat good food because you can't go into mm-hmm. a and have portion sizes that are asinine. You can't really do takeout. You can't really drink too much because like it's kind of frowned upon. Like if you have a job and stuff like yeah. all of all of these things of going back to basics of getting enough sleep and drinking enough water and making sure you're just moving, not doing crazy stuff, just moving. Um, yeah. It seems like the average person now is starting to get a grasp on like 
when you slow down and dial in on things that matter, which is like talking to people that you love and moving your body and connecting to people and all the other kind of distracting stuff goes away, like it's actually a pretty fulfilling life. I mean, it's pretty, this is weird. Like, don't get me wrong. Like this sucks. And everybody, everybody is trying to figure out how to create like a new normal, but Mm -hmm. it's almost like, how do you redefine what success looks like day to day now that you're not shooting for the target that you thought you were shooting at in, you know, in June. Right. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting because the, in many ways, this is what a training camp is like. Everyone's experiencing right now. What, like an altitude, what we do for our altitude training camp. So for example, for our hardest workout, our hardest training blocks, we'll go for six weeks to an altitude location and we'll literally like, we'll just, it, we would literally be great social distancers. We stay at how at the home, we grocery shop, we eat at home, we cook at home, we run, go to, I guess we go to the gym, but yeah, I mean, it's very, it's a very kind of monastic lifestyle. And so in a way, like learning, I feel like over the past few years, I've learned to find joy in that, um, reading a lot, just getting, um, how do you find a routine when your routine is pretty monotonous Um, and then in a way, like have that be a positive thing. Um, and yeah, I think the only difference I would say you're right. I mean, the different, one of the main differences obviously is that there's nothing to be like working toward. So I think I still really do try to look at like weeks as distinctive blocks and months as just distinctive blocks. And I still like plan out my month, which is like what I do when I'm training with kind of three weeks on one week down. Um, and that just to me gives me some kind of like semblance of routine and also cycles. Cause I think the issue sometimes when you're just in your house all the time is you don't cycles are very healthy, right? You need to put in really hard work and then you need to rest from that work. Um, and I think athletes are used to doing that. So for me, keeping to that kind of cyclical nature, um, I think is helpful, even if it's forced. Yeah. Do you feel like as someone who's used to kind of those cycles that you think that maybe people who are not necessarily runners or people who are stuck at home right now, which is everyone Mm -hmm. would see like, do you see kind of a sea change happening with how people view downtime? Hmm. uh, Interesting. You mean like um, appreciating downtime or, or, like seeing value in it because that's something that you just described like three weeks on one week off. If you don't like, it's impossible as like a super productive American public for us to have to be like stopped in our tracks. If we're going like a hundred miles an hour, I look at right. the job that I have. It is not possible for me to go at the level that I have been asked to go at, at in this environment and it wasn't possible even before we were in this environment. And this has been like mm-hmm. the opportunity for me to be like, we need to take a break. We cannot keep doing this. And that's, yeah, it's the first time where people have been like, take what time you need, take time away. If you need to take downtime, do it, block your calendar. They've never said that. So like, I'm curious what this does of like, hey, protect yourself and protect your time. Why is it? in this particular situation that we want to do that and not because that's part of kind of the life cycle that like you're describing. No, it's so interesting. I mean, you're right that I think, especially in the, um, 
American workforce or uh, my boyfriend was saying he saw some tweet about like that we're all going to learn. Well, I guess this is different, but it's like we're all going to learn that people actually only need to work only work like three or four productive hours per day and the rest of it just busy work, um, which I'm not exactly sure. I think that also really depends on what job you have. Um, but I do feel like as an athlete, you you know that there are times when you're you, it's like there's the you definitely have times when you forced focused work, right? You have to be doing your workout or whatever. Um, and then there's also, or, um, there's blocks of training where there's a, t- a ton of mileage. Um, and then in order to gain the benefits of that, you have to do some kind of rest day or be lower mileage week or something so that you don't break. And I think it's just like, we just know that. And you're right. I mean, hopefully people begin to see that. I think it is hard when not everyone's their own boss um, because you, I don't know, it's, you can only do as much as you're able and right. And not, and to still make a good impression on whoever um, higher ups are, but in general, it would be nice if there was some kind of culture, cultural change or shift yeah I'm just more I was just more shooting the shit with you thinking gosh what could be oh yeah the cultural change you know like and I've been asking everyone this question is like where do you think that this is going to take us mostly because I think if we come out on the other side of this and things go back to what we used to call normal I think that would be really disappointing Mm -hmm. Um, so like coming out of this in terms of your training so like your physical training I'm about to ask you two questions what do you think would be the metric that you really did right by your training coming out of this interesting for the metric for did did I by my training during this time or in general yeah during this time okay yeah I I've really tried to focus for me, it's been trying to do the little things as they say, like, so, um, I, I do work with a lot of different physical therapists and physios on strength, uh, and prehab exercises and trying to stay strong and healthy, but that stuff also just takes time. And I feel like sometimes during the week, um, I can just, it can just go to the back burner, right? Like I won't always do the exercises because there's something else to do or I don't know, I get distracted and now there's there's less, there's like less outside distraction. So I've been, um, I don't know, I've been trying to be very intentional with those small prehab exercises and just like making myself, giving myself a stronger base from which to grow. So think about like if, it's you can only you can what's the saying you can only grow as high as your foundation is deep or something um so i want if i if there i have been given this extra time to grow a foundation i'm like okay i'm better get a great foundation and then i can go up and have my next peak next year or whatever from that um and so for me building a foundation means um more base cardio work and some and some really good strength training and prehab work so that my body is able to withstand what comes. I love that. So what about mentally? What do you want to come out of this having grown mentally? Mm. 
I think there's a feeling, I mean, they say that small amounts of adversity are good for people, right? It gives you like, cause then you realize that you can get through it. Um, and I think, um, not good for people, but whatever people tend to be mentally stronger after them. Um, I think I want to be come out of this with the belief that I am capable and adaptable. Um, and I think as you get older as an athlete, it's like the script, even though I never think of myself that way, like the script more and more changes. I like, I think in my mind, I was, I think this has shown me that I was getting more rigid than I even realized, you know? Um, and I think I like to think of myself, we all like to think of ourselves as what adaptable and down for anything, whatever, whatever. And that's all fine and good until like the shit hits the fan and we're like, oh shit, actually, no, I, I want everything to be perfect. I'm pretty, I'm like pretty prissy, which is not completely true, but it, you, you do kind of see, right? And so I think um, in a way it was a wake up call and I'm like, okay, I, I want to be the kind of person that can change course and that can um, get stronger after a setback. And I always like to say like, you are the person that you want to be, um, which is just to say, if you want to be it, then there's nothing stopping you. Right. Like just, just do it. Um, so I guess I'm just trying to be that way. I'm just trying to act as if like I'm acting as if I'm an, an adaptable person and hopefully that's what I become or what I am. I don't know. Yeah. Like fake it till you make it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like what you're saying. It kind of sounds like at all costs kind of becoming the person that like you had in your head. I think it's, it's super interesting that you'd say that. Cause I think right now just being an observer of like other people, mm-hmm. it seems, I mean, we're all kind of observing each other kind of mm-hmm. from funky little fishbowls um, known as Instagram, but it's, yeah. <laughs> it's also really interesting to watch of like, at the end of the day, if you're presented with something that is throwing you off, do you just then be thrown off or do you adapt? Right. That's, that's the difference of like the type of people that I know that I have in my life. I mean, it's really hard to compare because I know that when I'm, when I'm speaking about like, Oh, what I'm seeing is this. And what I'm hearing is this it's, well, all of those people have the same like ideas and goals and they're mm-hmm. raging and they're they're agile in their lives and they're nimble, you know. And that's because those are the types of people I surround myself with. Mm-hmm. I imagine that as an athlete in a training club, like in the you know most famous running city in America, at least in my opinion, because I'm super biased. But <laughs> like to be in Portland, surrounded by people who are really talented runners, I'm sure what you're seeing in your little fishbowl is everybody is adapting because if you don't, you're never gonna come out of this right better and so it's I think being in a position where it's kind of like no like if if I don't do this then at this point when am I going to do it yeah that's so, a really good point yeah it, it just kind of makes me think like what what type of person will come out on the other side of this relatively unscathed you know emotionally or you know, professionally. Um, but I do think when it comes to athletics, I mean, we're just in a, such a funky time of, you know, my heart's broken because baseball's canceled. Um, and, but, and the Olympics I like live for the moment they're over. I like start a countdown for the next four years. Um, and so 
I just can't even imagine being in the position that you're in. And I really appreciate how honest you've been mostly because I mean, the whole reason I've reached out to you in the first place was because of what you posted a couple weeks ago. You don't right now, you don't really hear, I think it's starting to happen because I think it's starting like the collective grief of America is starting to like really expose itself. I think people mm-hmm. are being super positive, but I think the sadness is starting to kind of seep in of like how many things people have lost. Yeah. Um, and just how disappointing the whole situation is just in general, like no matter what your opinions are on how it's been handled, it's just everyone kind of Easter is next weekend. And I was telling a friend earlier today that like, it feels like everybody's got like an Easter basket with all these eggs of grief that are going to like hatch at any moment. (laughs) We just kind of have no idea which like what's going to come out of the woodwork on any given day, just because shit's been so weird. Yeah. Uh, but I just really appreciate how vulnerable you've been in this conversation because I would imagine it took a little while to come off of those feelings of sadness. So, just yeah, to- thank you. I mean, it's funny. I, I mean, seriously, if for people, yes, I think that there is a feeling of collective grief, and I could not not recommend enough. But if you, if anyone feels like crying, crying, just lots of deep cries does help. It like it, it, it was amazing. Literally the next day, I, I mean, I've st- I'm still sad about it. But the next, I just felt more clear-headed and rational and able to cope. And I think that's the thing. I think that's where I was nervous at first about being openly sad um, about a change. But I also believe, even we're talking about being adaptable, like, you can only adapt if you're not, like, still processing. Or not, I mean, that's not, not true. I'm not a psychologist. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you can also process. But, like, I would say... In my experience, it's easier. You're easier to adapt when you're not holding on to that sadness or that anger or regret. And for me, being able to openly admit to feelings of sadness and loss, I'm then able to be like, okay, I've got, I've, I've almost, I felt like I kind of got through that a little bit. I'll still have feelings of sadness, but not that intense, acute pain. And now I do feel like, okay, I can make a, make another plan or I don't know, just go about my day and try to do the best I can. And which is all anyone can, anyone can do. Yeah. It's almost like if you don't allow yourself to actually feel it, then it's gonna, it's kind of going to put up a roadblock in order for you to kind of move forward. Right. I think there's a lot of people that right now, And I would imagine this, I got to run my marathon and I got really lucky and never in a million years did I think to myself, oh my God, they're going to cancel marathons. But the reason why I ran mine was one, because I had a girlfriend and everyone's heard this because it's been on the podcast before, but it was because of a girlfriend of mine and I went to a class and she wanted me to run on the treadmill with her. And I was like, no dog, no thanks. (laughs) And we did it. And she was like, what'd you think? And I was like, it's still blue. So I would prefer to be on the floor twice. (laughs) And um, her response was, well, we know you're not a runner. And it just pissed me off. Yeah. And uh, so I signed up for the Atlanta marathon so that I could watch the trials the day before and train for it. And she found out later, like she never knew that that was the reason why I signed up for the marathon. She oh, just you ran that. the marathon after the trials. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So I ran it on Sunday, um, twice as, and took twice as long as <laughs> who ran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like who gives a shit? I finished, but at a certain point it was like, 
I had run that because I was supposed to be on my honeymoon, March 28th, which was the DC rock and roll marathon. And I used to coach at a gym and all the people that were at my gym, 600 people from this community of this Pilates studio that I used to work at, they all signed up to run the DC rock and roll marathon. And I couldn't do it because I was going to be in Malaysia on my honeymoon. And so I ran the Publix marathon instead in Atlanta Mm -hmm. and trained by myself because everybody else was on a different training schedule. I never trained, did any training runs with anybody else but myself. And remember just being like so alone and feeling like so disappointed in myself that I was doing this all by myself and was I missing an opportunity to bond with people and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden I run my marathon and a week later they cancel every marathon. Yeah. It's probably one of the last marathons, right? It was. And so in terms of all of my friends, you know, hundreds of people from this gym that I was close to that I had encouraged the whole time they were training, they were running a month later None of them got to run their marathon. And I was thinking to myself, oh my God, I can't even imagine. And so it was like these little things where I got to run my marathon and then I got to get married on March 14th. And it was the last wedding, like one of the last weddings because the the CDC said no more weddings. And so I'm looking at all of these things and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. And at the same time, knowing that I didn't go on that honeymoon, knowing that I'm not at my house. I don't have any of my stuff. I still have all the same stuff as when I came down for my wedding thinking I was going on my honeymoon. So like there's these weird oscillations between, oh my gosh, I got to do this amazing, these two amazing things. And then, oh my gosh, I'm so disappointed that all of these things got taken away from me at the same time. And in kind of being here for a couple weeks and in talking to you, like what I'm realizing is if we're not acknowledging how sad our little bundle of things are, then we're never going to be able to come through on the other side of it and like actually learn something from it because we have to admit that we're sad first in order to. And so I, I think that's so cool how you describe that of like, if you just need to just, you know, cry your heart out if that's what you need to do. Cause I've done that multiple times already and I wasn't going to the Olympics. I mean, that for me was, I needed to feel that in order to be like, you know what, I'm going to go kick some serious ass during this. Otherwise mm-hmm. that you don't really get that back. Like you don't really feel empowered because you haven't actually moved through the feeling. Um, and don't worry about it. I'm not a psychologist either. I just know that like a good cry is like good for the heart. So, um, no, hundred percent. Yeah. So I know that, you know, there's a lot that you're working on right now and like your timetable has changed, but in terms of, you know, what this next year looks like, can you just explain really quickly if the world championships were supposed to be in June, correct? And then you would have had the Olympics in August. Yes. Well, the, the Olympics, so the trials, the trials for the Olympics would have been in June and the Olympics would have been in August. Now the Olympics are next year, starting next July 23rd. So I think that's almost exactly a a year out from what, what, what they were. Um, so the way basically next year will be hope. I mean, hopefully if things are continuing, whatever next year we'll have a, Olympic trials in which the top three people from the U S will make the team and then go to Tokyo, um, starting July 23rd. 
the trials would be like in June next year. Um, and there'll be maybe a few races before then just to prepare. So, but we still have this year. So I think we don't quite know. I think what we are going to do is we're going to do some kind of, even if there's no racing at all, we'll do some kind of like just within our team, um, maybe in July or August, once like the restrictions are a little bit lifted, um, assuming that they are maybe just do a few kind of time trials. So on the track, just a hard effort or a few weeks of hard efforts just to kind of mimic a season, um, and kind of get that release of, okay, we're going to, we want to see what, what we are or how we have improved this year. Um, and then we'll start, kind of the build up again that would be fall base training um january altitude camp leading into like a final kind of training block um next year but again i think this year we're still going to try to do if not any racing then some kind of like time trial situation so we'll kind of get that release a little bit of a release um because you can't just like build for 18 months you need some kind of uh kind of back to the idea of having cycles we would need some kind of cycling in order to get back there yeah, so but you're basically deja vuing in December. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. At least you know what you're in for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think of it as like, you know what? If anything, like, it's kind of, if it's going to be Groundhog Day, what a great way to have, or if what we do is all about systems, right? And trying to get your systems down and trying to do, um, like, just get your body to, like, kind of always be, I don't know, like, uh, hitting your peak or just kind of doing these incredible things and workouts, then why not have another year in which to have better systems and to do a few extra things? Because it's always, you, you can't add too many things each year. So having another year to maybe do better lifting or some more speed work or whatever, like that hopefully will, will be an advantage. Yeah. I know that when I watch you race now, I'll be like, Oh my God, check her core out. And yeah, right. <laughs> and that's what everyone will be talking about is how Kate Grace just has like a killer core. I'm gonna have like twelve pack or something. <laughs> yeah, super into that. That'll, oh yeah, that's I don't know that for the podcast. That'll be the right. <laughs> it's like currently working on her twelve pack. <laughs> right. I do think people whose races were canceled. I mean, it does make sense to do some kind of. Well, I guess it depends on what they're doing. But having we had a, I saw heard someone did like a just a marathon around the running loop in town just to kind of like get that hard marathon effort in. Um, Cause I do think that if you've worked that hard to, to be able to do something like that is nice if it's possible and it's safe and whatever. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. I know a lot of people that, I mean, it's, it's, you know, small potatoes in comparison to the marathons that I know that people have run. Like I know people have run around their block or, you know, their, their neighborhood unit like six times or whatever because it was a mm-hmm. you know, five mile loop or something um but more than that like I know that there are people that in DC there was the cherry blossom 10 miler because mm-hmm. I've never been to DC before but the cherry blossoms are out right now and no one can see them and so the 10 miler happens the first weekend in April um and or the second weekend it just kind of depends and so everyone that I know that had signed up for the 10 miler they all went out on Saturday and Sunday and every single one of them posted said I ran it this was the time I ran it in what about you and it turned into this huge kind of well I ran it so you should go run it and 
it ended up being this way for people to feel connected with each other and get excited for each other that like, I don't, you normally don't see people go out and they run it and they say, okay, great. I'm glad I did that. But it's like this, this second level of support that I don't think, you know, I had wanted to take a break from running after the marathon. I just thought it was a good idea for me. And I had a girlfriend be like, Hey, we're trying to do a hundred K in the month of April. Do you want to join, which is 62.13 miles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> and I know that I'll finish it because it's something where people are keeping me accountable in a way that they probably wouldn't have otherwise. So, I mean, I, I totally hear you on that. I love that. No, you're right. I think there are a lot of times we are, at least it's I'm finding, connecting with different people, um, talking with friends and family more than I used to, uh, or connecting over runs. Like, you're right. That's something that I hope doesn't change when, when we go back. Yeah. And I think more than anything, finding little ways to like come out of this, you know, more kind of alive than when we went into it. Mm hmm. I think will be really important. So yeah, it's been so awesome to talk to you. I really appreciate it. Can you tell everyone who's listening where they can find you on Instagram? Yeah. Instagram is at fast Kate and that's my main social channel. Uh, but I post there pretty frequently and yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great talking to you. This is a really good conversation. Yeah, it really was. I'm so glad we were able to connect and you know, we'll make sure to keep a lookout for you in Groundhog Day Olympics 2021. <laughs> yes, please do. And there'll probably be more. I mean, hopefully if there's more races before then, maybe we'll get back to sports like in January or I don't even know when it'll be. But um, oh I'll post. I, I hope it's sooner than that. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> well, awesome, Kate. Thank you so much. Thank you.